Christian greetings to all of you again this evening. Appreciated the songs again and the devotional brother Daryl. I thought it was good support of the messages that were shared this week and I appreciate that. Just adding something to it. Well, it's been a fast week for Karen and myself and thank you for allowing us to be a part of your congregation for one week. That was very gracious of you. We appreciate that. We enjoyed it. Uh, We've been blessed. We're going to leave here with new friends. Uh, We came not knowing many people, and we leave knowing many. And we consider you our friends. Thank you for accepting us. Thank you for the wonderful, I don't know what you call it, sending home basket you gave us today at lunchtime. Uh, We will enjoy that immensely and think of you all. Thank you to the ministry team for arranging our lodging with Mark and Lindsay, and thank you to Mark and Lindsay for sharing their house. Uh, It was wonderful um, accommodations. And to the ministry team for the welcome basket and generous, heaping, overflowing amount of food that you supplied for us this week. Uh, We really appreciate it. It was good and special. To every one of you, thank you for your kindness. Uh, To the entire congregation, you were kind to us and made us feel welcome, and one of you, and we appreciate that. Thank you for your encouragement. You were very encouraging. Thank you most of all for your prayers. And we felt welcome and at home and comfortable here. And thank you for putting up with somebody that I'm sure is different than maybe what you're used to. And, And I had to think of this Older brother sitting here, I think he came back faithfully even after I picked on him the first night. I didn't chase him away, and he kept coming back, and I appreciate that. And I would like to say, most of all, anything good that comes out of this week, give God the glory. It's not about us, but it's about God and his word. I trust you have been revived. I have. It's been a good week spiritually for me. And be faithful, friends. Never, ever, ever give up. Keep walking with Jesus. I want to introduce the message tonight by asking a few questions. Have any of you ever been physically lost? Like in the woods or traveling or in a mall or something? Anybody ever been lost? Oh, I see. Oh, yeah, there's lots of people being honest. Okay. Many people have been lost. All right. I remember a time that... Travis, our oldest son, he was getting into hunting, and so I started hunting with him, and we had some experiences, but I remember one time we went to a woods to hunt, and we were not familiar with it. It was a large area, and you know, I don't know. Is there a difference between just not knowing where you're at or being lost? (laughs) It felt like we were lost. We certainly didn't know where we were at, and I remember praying, God, you know, our the deer hunting was over. Like, I just wanted to get out of there, and God, I need a road, (laughs) Bring me to a road, bring me to our vehicle, bring me somewhere. It's a bad feeling to be lost, it really is. Uh, There's something inside of us that needs to know where we're at. I don't know how many of you, you wake up in the morning and check to see where you're at. Right here in your bed, this is good, we're not lost, we know where we're at. This winter, Karen and I took a road trip to Florida, she's got a sister down there, and we had never visited them down there, so we went down and... Son, my brother-in-law likes to fish inland lakes. He calls them the rice fields. And I enjoy a little fishing. And so we planned to do some fishing when we were down there. 
And you know, the fishing was really bad. I, we caught one little fish. It was really bad. And so we finally just gave up. And someone suggested that we could go out on the Gulf because they're catching fish out there 22 miles out, no problem, catching lots of fish. And I was really quick to say, no, 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 no. I get motion sickness on big water. I'm just not interested. But I also don't like the idea of going 22 miles out on water. I got some kind of phobia about that. I, you get out 22 miles, you cannot see land. I mean, there's no gas stations out there. there there's, uh, there's no stop signs. There's no road signs. There's no place to stop and ask directions, and I don't like that. No thanks. Have you ever lost something? Something important. Ever lose anything important? Uh-huh. Yeah. I lost a garage door opener, and that thing was gone for a year, and I looked high and low for that thing. So frustrating. And well, you know, a year later it shows up. It's amazing how that works. Recently I lost a couple of tools out of my tool bucket, and I miss those things. You know, and sometimes people lose their glasses, and they find them sitting right on their nose, you know. Uh, we lose things. How do things get lost? Anyhow, you know, how do things get lost? Well, you might say, well, our children lose them, or the dog eats them, or, or you know, they just get covered up with stuff or whatever. And, you know, these shoes that I got on Terrell, aren't, they're pretty decent shoes, aren't they, for a preacher? Pretty nice. Guess what? Somebody lost them at our house. <laughs> and... We, had went, we went through a period of time where we had a lot of company coming in and out, and sometime later, I found these things. I'm like, wow. And you know, I needed shoes, and they fit me perfectly, and, and the Lord has a way of taking care of his people, doesn't he? I, I don't know. But how do things get lost? Carelessness. Lack of diligence. Lack of focus. Things get lost. The title of the message tonight is Three Ways to Be Lost. I invite you to Luke 15. Well, Terrell, you got close. Luke 14. We're going to 15 tonight. Luke chapter 15. A lot of times the preachers say they got a text scripture and they go there and they, they read a few verses and then they never come back. I've been told you shouldn't say that. But tonight, I believe this is my text. We're going to pretty much stay here in Luke chapter 15. So you can turn there and you can park there. And I would like to start, as we think about three ways to be lost, and as I read a portion of scripture here, I encourage you to, to watch and listen for that word loss. Luke chapter 15, starting at verse 3. And he spake this parable unto them, saying, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness, and go after that which is lost, until he find it? And when he hath found it, he layeth it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. Either what woman, having ten pieces of silver, if she lose one piece, doth not light a candle and sweep the house and seek diligently till she find it? 
And when she hath found it, she calleth her friends and her neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I had lost. Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. And he said, A certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of the goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husks that swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough to spare, and I perish with hunger. I will rise and go to my father, and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet, and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead, and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. In this chapter... Jesus tells three stories or parables, which is an earthly story of the spiritual meaning. And it's about something being lost. But before we get into that, let's look at the setting that Jesus was in here. In verses 1 and 2, I didn't read it, but it says here that there was four groups of people that were there and were listening to what Jesus had to say. It says there were the publicans and the sinners and the Pharisees and the scribes. And so that was his audience. And if you look at these four groups of people, the publicans or tax collectors, these men were selfish, they were cheaters, they were hard-hearted, and maybe I'm assuming a bit of things here, but I don't think they cared. You know, they were allowed to charge over what was required, and so you come along, and they didn't care if you were a poor man and could barely feed your family. They charged you extra anyhow. Publicans. Then it says there were sinners there. That's what they were. They were sinners. I mean, flat out sinners. No pretense to be holy or righteous. Sin in your face. No shame. And the Pharisees were there. Now, the Pharisees were hypocrites. Oh, they were fake stuff. Pretenders. You know, put on suit coat nice and tight and look pious and holy and righteous and pray beautiful long words. The hypocrites. And the scribes, and I don't know too much about the scribes, but what I understand, they were men who believed in something, or the law, or the code, but they didn't believe in Christ. That was a problem. And so there's a commonality here with these four groups of people. They were all spiritually lost. All four groups. Some of them didn't care. Some of them tried to ignore it. Some of them tried to hide it. But they're lost. And so Jesus did them a favor, and he gave them three stories to help them see that they were lost. Tonight I'd like to look at three ways 
to be lost. The first one I want to look at is the last one we read, the prodigal. And it says that a certain man had two boys, two sons. And the youngest boy said the dad, dad, now I'm putting this in my words, I've had it. I'm done. I'm up to here. Uh, the farm, it's, it's over with me. No more mucking out the barn. No more pulling the weeds. Uh, no more milking that cow on those hot days and that tail in my face. I'm done, Dad. I'm just done with it. And Dad, I'll tell you something else. I'm, I'm done with you and Mom's rules. I'm done with it. I cannot live with this. I mean, you're so strict and so old-fashioned. We're finished. And we'd have to assume a few things that he probably didn't get along too good with his siblings, the way it would seem like when he came back. He probably didn't like the school and maybe the structure of the school. He probably didn't like the church. And I'm assuming some things, understand here. So what did he do? It says in verse 13 that he demanded his money and he gathered his things together and took his journey. In other words, he walked out the lane, backpack on his back, Money that dad had given him, some clothes to clothe himself, probably some food and water, and out the lane he walked. He was done. He ended up in a pig pen. Now there was some time elapsed, but he ended up in a pig pen is where he ended up. And I have a feeling you people may know more about pigs than I do. I know something about pigs. We used to have some pigs at home. They can be disgusting. You know that? I mean, you really think about it. Sometimes I think about it. Oh, we probably had some good pork today. I think I had some really good pork today. But don't think about where they've been, okay? Because it's, it can be disgusting if you go look in a pig pen. They wall around in that mud and that slop, and they don't care, and they eat like pigs. I mean, it's terrible. And he ended up there, and he was so hungry. He had nothing. He was so hungry. He said, oh, if I had... Only be allowed to eat what the pigs don't eat. Can you imagine that? You talk about getting to the bottom. He got there. He was lost. He was lost. Not physically, but spiritually. He had walked away from God into the pig pen. And he was spiritually lost. Now he was lost because... He was a rebel in his heart. He had a rebellious spirit. It's important for us to understand, people, that he didn't turn into a rebel when he hit the pig pen. He was a rebel before he got to the pig pen. He was a rebel before he walked out the lane. And so you see, the rebellion came before the drinking and the carousing and the party and the women and whatever it was, he got lost because he allowed a rebellious spirit to grow inside of his heart. And so when he walked out the lane, this is what he was saying. He was saying, I reject God's authority in my life. I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to decide what's right for me and what's wrong for me. We rebel when we reject God's authority by rejecting our mom and dad. 
and their authority over us. Mom and dad's rules. God's authority says that children are to obey their parents in the Lord and to honor mom and dad. We rebel when we reject the God-given church authority that is placed in our life. And I could read verses tonight, but I'm not going to do that. Obey them that have the rule over you. And I know sometimes that gripes us a bit, and we don't like to hear that, but that's what God's word says. That is God-given authority into our lives. We rebel when we reject the school authority that is in our life. We rebel when we reject God's authority structure in the home where the wife is to submit to the husband and we, we rebel against that and then things don't go well. And so when a rebel walks out the lane, he's simply revealing what's in his heart. And friend, tonight, I don't know inside of your hearts, and I'm glad I don't, so I can just simply preach the Word of God. But there may be somebody here tonight that's got rebellion in their heart. I don't know that. And if there is, I want to tell you three things by the authority of the Word of God tonight. Number one, rebellion, if unchecked, will always end in a pig pen. You can count on that. If it is not checked, and if it is not stopped, if it is not changed, it will always end in the pig pen. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. The pig pen. Number two, the longer you rebel, the greater the consequences. And oh, I, my heart goes out to people when I'm seeing them rebelling. And I know the consequences that are going to be in their life down the road. And oh, if we could just spare the people. Because the Bible says, don't be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. And the third thing I would say is, the longer you rebel, the harder it is to come back. Mm-hmm. You know why? Because it's bondage. That's the way Satan works. The longer you rebel, Satan wraps that chain around you and it gets tighter and tighter and tighter and the harder it is to come back. If that prodigal had stopped when he was halfway out that lane and turned around and come back, oh, his life would have been so much better. If he had stopped even when he was at the end of the lane before he turned left to head to the city, oh, his life could have been so much better. You know, very few return from the pig pen. But a few do. Brother Jake gave me his testimony this morning. He returned from the pig pen. It is possible, and I believe that's one reason God gives us this story here. It is possible to come back from the pig pen, but it is tough, friends. The longer you're in the pig pen, the harder the consequences. So one way to be lost is to rebel against God's Authority in my life. Second way to be lost in this stories that Jesus gives, I'll go to the first one about the shepherd. It says in verse 4, there was a man that had a hundred sheep, and he lost one of them. So this guy, this I shouldn't say guy, this shepherd in this story, 100 sheep, one lost. Came in at night, every night he'd bring them in the fold, open the door, they walk through the gate, and he'd count them carefully. And 
Oh, and behold, one night, 99. One of them lost, and I wonder what, I don't know. I think if I had been the shepherd, I would have got them back out and brought them back in. I'm going to count again. Surely I miscount. Nope, 99. One of them lost. How did that one sheep get lost? How did that happen? Well, pretty obvious. He didn't stay close to the shepherd. He started out doing all right, I suppose. Stayed with the other sheep. And then he began to wander farther and farther away. And I'm using my imagination, but perhaps one day he just started wandering away from the shepherd. And, you know, why should I eat grass here where all the other sheep are eating grass? Why don't I just move a little farther away because the grass is more fresh? And so he nibbled some here and he nibbled some there. And he nibbled over here, nibbled there. And as he wandered, you know, there's times probably his conscience bothered him. Yeah, you know, but he turned around. I can still see the shepherd. I'm all right. So nibble a little here, nibble a little there. And green grass looks good here, and we go there. Sometimes the other sheep would probably back, back, call him. They'd come back, and he'd back back and say, no worries, I'm doing fine. Nibble a little here, nibble a little there. Keep going. And then all once he saw over here some green grass that looked really good. None of the sheep had ever been there. The only problem was it was across a little bit of a ravine. But, you know, I think if I would jump really good, I could, I could make it across there. It's a bit of a risk, but I think I do it. And so he jumps, and lo and behold, he slips and falls and slides down into a ravine, stuck between some rocks, and he can't get out. And now he is lost. He can't see the shepherd. He can't see the other sheep. He can't hear them bang. And yes, he's lost. You know, friends, that's what happens spiritually to some people. They never intend to stray out of the sight of the shepherd. But they're nibbling and nibbling on the world. And friends, when you nibble on the world, you lose your appetite for God. You ruin your appetite for God and the Good Shepherd. And eventually, you get lost. The third way to be lost is the middle parable. It says in verse 8, there's a woman that had 10 pieces of silver and she lost one. 10 pieces. Lost one of them. So now she only had nine. It was gone. She couldn't find it. And it wasn't lost in the pig pen. It wasn't lost out in the mountain somewhere with the sheep. In the wilderness, this coin was lost inside of her house. Inside. But lost is lost, right? It doesn't matter if it's lost out in the wilderness, if it's lost in the house or lost in the pig pen. It's lost. She couldn't find it. The coin was lost inside the house. And I don't know for sure. I don't claim to know exactly what Jesus 
meant us to understand here. But I'll tell you how I see it. I wonder if Jesus didn't specifically give this parable for the Pharisees and the scribes. Religious people inside the church. Not everyone that says, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, is saved. This coin was lost inside the house. It is troubling for me to think that there are people inside the house of God, inside the church, that are lost. That troubles me. That should trouble all of us. But friends, Jesus said that will happen. I believe I read that the other night. He plainly said, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, I'm a Christian, is a Christian. He said, oh, no. He said, there's many that can be lost inside the church. That concerns me. That burdens my heart. How do you get lost inside the church where the word of God is preached and taught and lived out? How, do, how does that happen? Well, it could be pride because you can, that's a sin of the spirit. And so you could still lead singing and you could still teach Sunday school and have Sunday morning devotions, and you could still preach a message and have pride in your heart. How do you get lost inside a church? It could be through lukewarmness. You keep going through the motions and doing what you need to do so you can take communion and appear right, but all the while the heart is just not there, and the heart is growing colder and colder and colder until it becomes lukewarm. Or it could be, it could be a, sin, a hidden sin in church. And I would say we live in a time, friends, when it is never, how do I say this? I don't know that there's ever been a time when it is so easy to be inside the house and have hidden sin in your heart or in your life. Or it could be by being a fake, by being a hypocrite. Because you see, every hypocrite I've ever known or I've ever heard of is inside the church. That's where the hypocrites are. But they're always lost. And Jesus had some really tough things to say about hypocrites. He, he didn't spare any words. He, and I'm not going to read it, but in Matthew, I think maybe chapter 5 or somewhere there, he said, unless... Unless your spiritual life, your spiritual level is something above what the hypocrites are, you don't have a chance of getting into heaven. They're not going there. I'm burdened because the possibility of those being inside the house could be lost. You know, that's just as lost as the rebel that walked out the lane or the sheep that have wandered too far away. Now, I didn't tell you that there's a second part to this message, and that is this. Three ways to be saved. 
Again, I would like to look at the prodigal first. And there in verse 17, we come to the prodigal, and it says he came to himself. He said, this is dumb. This is stupid. Why am I here in the pig pen? I'm going to go back to dad. I'm here, and I'm going to die of hunger. Why don't I go back and just work for dad? I don't even need to be called a son. I don't need my position back. I don't need my job back. Just work for dad. I want to go back to dad. And he's, verse 19 said, I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. And he arose and he came to his father. And remember where dad was this morning. He was on the porch. And I was a little bit, I wanted to get here this morning, but I couldn't. I had to save it for tonight. You talk about a beautiful picture. Here was dad. And I believe when that, when that rebel had walked away from mom and dad, he had crushed their hearts. And they were living with that pain in their life, and they were living for the day when they might see the son walking back home. And the Bible says that when he was a great way off, his dad saw him. He had been on the porch watching, and he didn't just sit there. And he didn't just sit there and think, mm, I'm going to make him suffer a bit. I mean, he deserves it for me to just hold back a bit and just treat him like he treated me. That's not what this father did. The Bible says he ran down the road to meet him, his filthy, stinky son. And he grabbed him and he threw his arms around him and kissed him and welcomed him back home. Oh, friends, tonight, one of the beautiful pictures in the Bible. And so one way to come, one way to be saved is to come home to the Father God. It's a picture of God. You see, friends, God isn't going to drag you out of the pig pen if that's where you want to stay. But if you want to come back, if you're willing to come back where you walked away, he will meet you there with open arms. And the Bible's, and you know, this young man, he tried to get in his repentance and confession. You, Dad, you know, I don't deserve to be a son. Just, and, and it says, but it's like his father cut off the, the, re, the uh, confession. Said, no, he said, but. The father said to his servant, bring the best robe. I mean, get clean clothes for this boy. Let's clean him up. Let's get a ring on his finger, shoes on his feet. Let's butcher the fatted cow. Let's have a party. Friend, if you have rebelled and walked away from God out the lane, you have left behind grace and mercy and forgiveness. But it's there. It's waiting for you. And I can tell you that God is giving you opportunity to walk back in the lane. And there's no, there's no gate there to keep you out. There's no sign that says do not enter. But there's a father with open arms. And I, oh, it's an old, old story. And probably you older people like me have heard it many, many times. But I love this story about a modern day prodigal son. A modern-day prodigal son that crushed his mom and daddy's heart, and he left home in a huff with a bad attitude and said, I'm done. And he, too, came to the end of his life and said, you know what? I really have made a mistake, and I'm going to go back. I like to go back to mom and dad. And so what he did is he sat down, and he wrote a letter to his mom and dad. And he said, mom and dad, I have wronged you. I know I have hurt you, and I'm sorry, and I want to come back home. But I don't deserve you take me back home but I would come if you would take me. 
And he said, I'll tell you what, he said, I'm going to do this. I'm going to buy a ticket for a train. And they had a train track that ran right back of their house. He said, I'm going to get on the train on a certain day. He told them what day it was. And he said, when I come by your house, if you want me to come back home, you hang on a white flag on the old apple tree there back of the house. And so he got on the train on that day, and he's traveling towards his home place. And there was another man that came on the train that sat beside him, and he noticed this young man was just really quiet and really sober. And so he tried to get in conversation, and finally he opened up. And this other man was a preacher. And he told the preacher his story, how he had run away from home and hurt his mom and daddy's heart. And then he told him about the letter he wrote. And he said, preacher, we're getting close. Just up around that corner is our house. There's an old apple tree there. He said, preacher, would you look for me? I can't stand to look. Would you look for me? And the preacher said, sure, I'll do that for you, son. And so they rounded the corner, and the young man said, our house is right up ahead. And so he closed his eyes, and the preacher looked, and he saw something, and he told the young man, look, look, what, look what's out there. And there was the old apple tree, and it wasn't one white flag, but it was covered with flags. And there was mom and dad underneath the tree waving their hands. Friends, God the Father. is not willing that any should be lost. He'll always have open arms for the rebel that comes back home. Second way to be saved. Now again, we'll go back to the sheep story. The sheep that nibbled and lost his way into trouble spiritually. It says in verse 4, the shepherd leave the ninety and nine and go after that which is lost until he find it. God the shepherd leaves the ninety-nine there safe and sound. Leaves them the safety of the sheepfold and goes out in the dark and with his candlelight or your lantern or whatever he has, he's looking and calling for that lost sheep. Sheep, 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 where are you at, sheep? Sheep, sheep, sheep. Friend, you may not be looking for God, but God is looking for you. He's not willing that any should perish. God is calling your name. And if you say yes to Jesus, he will come and he will pick you up. From where you wedge down in those rocks and you're lost, and he'll carry you home. And it reminds me of another story of a church that had Sunday school classes. And in those Sunday school classes, they had a class of boys this size or something. And so these boys were learning scripture verses. And the deal was that one Sunday evening, they were to come up on the platform and they were to recite their scripture verses. And so that Sunday evening came and they were take their turns and they'd come up here and they'd say the verse they'd learn. There was one little boy in that class who was a special young man. God had created him differently. He was created with a hump back and a big hump that actually protruded out of his back and it made it difficult walking for him. So as he came out of his seat and he came up onto the platform and he stumbled a bit and almost fell. And someone from back in the audience said, Hey, cripple, why don't you get that pack off your back? And that boy melted in tears. 
And suddenly from the back of the room, a man got up and he came up here and he put his arm around that boy and he said, I don't know who would be as so cruel to say something like that, but I'm going to tell you something tonight. The bravest person here tonight is this young man because he's my son and I love him. And he picked him up and carried him back to his seat. Friends, that is Jesus the shepherd. When we are lost, he picks us up and carries us home. The third way to be saved, the lost coin. It was lost in the house, lost in the church. Two things happened in verse 8. It says the woman lit a candle so that she could see. And so she lit a light, and she went looking in all the corners and the crevices. And, and then, you know, if we had one coin lost here tonight, we might do the same thing and get a flashlight if we were desperate, and we would go in all the corners and see if we can't find that coin. And then not only that, it says she got out the broom and she swept the house and seek diligently till she find it so light and a broom and sweeping this place out. I don't claim tonight to know exactly what Jesus meant here, but is it possible that he was referring to the Holy Spirit in our life that seeks us out, that turns on the light? For those that are lost inside the church, God knocks on our heart door. And if we open the door, the Spirit of God comes in and it illuminates. It puts on the light. We say, oh, yeah, I see. That's what you want of me, God. And it sweeps the dust off of our life so that we can see ourselves clearly. Oh, yes. Holy Spirit, thank you for revealing to me what I am. It sweeps off the dust, exposes our heart. By the work of the Holy Spirit, we see ourselves as God sees us. And then the Spirit of God convicts us of that dustiness and complacency, and we say yes to that conviction. And we're saved. We're no longer lost inside the house. Three ways to be saved. God the Father. Jesus the shepherd, and God the Holy Spirit. Illuminating light so that we can clearly see. You know, in all three parables, there was only one son. There was only one sheep. There was only one coin. That one was considered precious. It was worth seeking. And that's God's heart for you, my friend. In all three parables, there's something else that is profound. It is touching to see the level of rejoicing that when the loss was found. I, didn't, I did not emphasize those verses, but in every situation, when the lost was found, when the lost son was found, they were rejoicing. When the lost coin was found, she said, come get the neighbors, we found it. When the lost sheep was found, he ran around and gathered all his friends and said, Come, let's rejoice that which is lost is found. Brothers and sisters, according to Luke chapter 15, we do well to celebrate when a young person gets saved. I just believe that. I don't know what you think, but I do. I think we should rejoice. 
We do well to celebrate when the prodigal returns. We do well to celebrate when the sheep is carried back to the fold. When that which is lost in the house is found. Being found after you're lost is nothing to be ashamed of. It's something to rejoice about together as a congregation. Father, we come to you tonight. Thank you for your word. We thank you that you are a God that is not willing that any should be lost. And we don't know if there's anybody inside the house here tonight that is lost. Only you know that. And so we're going to have just a short little invitation time here, God. And I pray that the people would not see me. They would not hear me, but they would hear your spirit. And I pray that they would not see me, but they would see you as God the Father with open arms welcoming the lost home. I just pray for the forces of evil to be driven out of this building tonight, Lord, that Satan would have no power here, but that your spirit would dominate and reign and, and, and just move in this invitation as you would and as your will is tonight. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.